0: You're listening to the Influencer Podcast, episode number 27. Before we dive in, I want to give my warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Haley Wilbur, and she says, I started my blog almost three years ago, and there are so many resources that you, quote unquote, need to pay for. This has been an amazing resource that is free and replaces what some charge for. I listen every week and I listen to all of her podcasts within a couple of weeks of Discovering Julie. I could not say thank you enough. Well, thank you so much, Haley. I'm so glad that this podcast is helping you. I want to hear from more of you who listen each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast over on iTunes and give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon, hashtag the Influencer Podcast to let me know that you are joining in today as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Last week, online marketing expert, host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy, and list-building guru, Amy Porterfield, taught us exactly how to create, grow, and promote a profitable email list and also explained why our email list is more important than our Instagram following. This week, Ali Webb, founder of Drybar, shares how you can take a dream and turn it into a brand that redefines an industry. She also shares how influencers and brands can work together in collaborative ways. Hi, influencers, and welcome to this week's episode. Today we have the privilege of chatting with the fabulous Allie Webb, who is the founder of Drybar. Before becoming a full-time mom to her Sweet Babies grant and kit, Allie had a career in PR working with clients like Faith Hill, Paul McCartney, Keith Urban. She's a professional hairstylist, which was, she was trained by Tony and Guy, and she spent several years working under the late, great John Sehag in New York City, who was world-renowned in that field. And in 2008, she began a little side hustle business called Straight at Home, which provided in-home blowouts on a referral basis, here in LA and when her business and popularity really kind of started to take off and kind of outgrew her one woman show she decided to expand it and start the fabulous idea that is dry bar. Allie's achievements include CEW Achiever Award, Fortune's 40 Under 40, Marie Claire's 16 Most Fascinating Women, Cosmopolitan's Power List, and Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business. Today, we are going to be chatting about turning an idea into a mega business, what does that look like, what it's like to redefine an entire industry, and five tips that you can take away to Day on really growing a long-term business and brand. So, Allie, thank you so much for being here today. I am so excited for this conversation.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Me too. Yes. So, let's just
0: dive in really quick. I would love to kind of hear a little bit more about your background. I know we kind of just went over it, but really how you kind of went from music PR and you know being a hairstylist into this mega entrepreneur and and really developing and creating Dry Bar.
1: Well, you know, it does go back a little bit further and, you know, really the, the the common theme in my life since really I can remember from being a little girl is that I have naturally curly hair and I just hated it and I, it was just frizzy and crazy and uncontrollable and I struggled with it really forever and I used to beg my mom to blow out my hair when I was like seven years old and I, of course, couldn't... Um, you know, verbalize why or articulate why I liked having my hair straight and blown out, but I always did. And it was just this thing. And I, you know, remember like it was yesterday struggling in high school, like to get my frizzy hair straight and sleeping on it and trying all this stuff. And I was just kind of a little like mystified by it. And, you know, when I was growing up, it was like Christy Brinkley and Cindy Crawford and they had this these this great like luxurious like beautiful bouncy hair and i was like how in the world did they get that and so it just was always this thing and you know while i tried other things out of high school and i tried different things in college i didn't it really wasn't until i decided to go to beauty school which was in my early 20s that i you know, really found my thing, which was doing hair. And then, you know, I moved to New York City. I worked for John Sahag for a while. And then I kind of I was in the industry for a for a couple of years. And then I took a little bit of a, a detour and went into to PR when I was living in New York City and then met my husband in New York City, got married, moved to L.A. And, and then a couple years later is when I started my mobile business. And just that is really when, you know, the, the the idea for dry bar started percolating because I was so busy with my mobile business and blowouts weren't accessible. You know, I mean, I was only charging forty dollars to go to women's homes to do their blowouts, and for me, it was more about, you know, getting out of the house for a couple of hours and doing something for myself, earning a little extra cash. But it wasn't. It wasn't really about the money. It was more about just like talking to adults again and doing <laughs> something that I could now, after twenty years of practicing it, do it in my sleep. Um, and and during that time of operating that business, you know, it really hit me that man there is no place for women to go for a great blowout and a nice experience a affordable price like it just didn't exist and that's kind of how the idea really was born
0: nice i love that and so it was kind of taking would you say cuz you you're you kind of have a different Background in in a few different uh, trades or tracks, if you will. So would you, would you say that that really attributed kind of the, the fusing of, of your expertise in hairstyling, but also kind of your relationships and your expertise on the PR side, kind of fusing that together really allowed you to think outside of the box and, and help you kind of create the idea of Dry Bar?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I feel like everything in my life was leading up to this. I mean, I know it sounds kind of hokey, but I'm, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. And you, you know, the things that we don't always understand that are happening or we're doing do make sense. And I mean, working in PR was definitely a bit of a departure for me, but it, it really like taught me how, I mean, and you worked in PR, so you know, this, like it taught me how to like write and compose emails very professionally and, yeah. you know, and just a lot of like little things Things that I didn't realize I was getting an education on at the time, but definitely, you know, helped me develop some of those skills, which by all means, I think have has helped just I think the person I, I am and, and having the life experience and trying different things, it, you know, it, it, all, it all definitely helps.
0: Yeah. I feel like so many times entrepreneurs, you know, cause we all kind of have to stop, start somewhere. And so it's, um, I feel like a lot of people that either start the agency route or the corporate route, they kind of give it like this bad name because once they kind of leave it and do their own thing, you know, it's, it, you know, they're not sitting in the cubicle anymore or anymore. They're not having to deal with kind of the, the corporate, you know, ladder, so to speak. But I feel like there's so much that can be learned and cultivated from that time that it's, it really is a beautiful thing when you can kind of honor that and, and have that really help you get to that next level for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's like about, it's so, I totally agree. I think that, you know, while I, I don't, you know, particularly like a, like a super corporate environment, I did work in a pretty corporate environment when I worked for Rogers and Cowan, but it was a great experience. And I think it also helps teach you like what you like versus what you don't like, like where you're comfortable, where you're not. I mean, I see it. I've seen it a lot of times within our company, how, you know, we've had people who've come in from big companies and they want to work for dry bar because they want to be in a little bit more of a mom and pop, like startup feel. But then once they get into it, they're kind of like, Oh, maybe I don't like this environment. And that's okay. You know, it's like, there's, it's, I think it's good to kind of test a lot of waters and and find kind of what is your thing. You never know what that's going to be. I feel like until you have some experience with it,
0: absolutely. Um, and kind of speaking, speaking of that, and, and how unique DriveBar is, um, I want to talk about kind of how you were able to discover. That niche in in kind of that that marketplace, um, there was definitely a hole in your industry in the hair selling industry that was not being provided. As an avid dry bar customer, and I have been for years, and a blowout oh, maiden, you. Um, you know, I was just I was so excited when I really started to see them pop up throughout L.A. and New York, and. And, um, you know, it was just, was so excited to kind of see it blow up because I knew that it was so needed. Um, but how, how much of kind of like listening to what the needs of your ideal customer or your ideal audience or really the needs of your industry, how I, how important was that in kind of you figuring out that niche and being able to fill that gap?
1: Well, you know, the thing is, I mean, we always kind of say we inadvertently discovered a hole in the marketplace. You know, I think that, like I was saying, with my mobile business, I, I started to realize that there, you know, there really wasn't a good place or any place really for women to go. At that point it was like, you know, you would either go to your your full service salon and kind of overpay, or you'd go to the discount chain down the street and the experience was bad, the lighting was bad, and you just kinda of wanted to get in and out as quickly as you could. And When, you know, when I was operating my mobile business, that's when I was like, man, there really isn't an an opportunity for women to go to a place that doesn't pressure them to cut their hair, that gets a good price, it's a fun environment, and I I think – and truly, I mean, I, Dry Bar was there was never this big plan for Dry Bar. It was never this like we're going to take over the world and open, you know, we have 82 locations. But it just it was really <laughs> just meant to be me in my one little shop. And I was going to pick up my kids from preschool and that was going to be that, you know, I, I definitely didn't realize how big the opportunity was I just saw a, very, a little bit of a need in you know where I lived in LA, and I real and I thought I'd have enough women for my mobile business to support this this one little shop with eight chairs, and that would be that. You know, I, I I had a I had an inkling of an idea that you know this would definitely there there could potentially be more women in more shops, but it just it wasn't a really grandiose idea. In, in the early days, it was like, let's just see if this even works. And and it was also in, you know, 2010, it was in the middle of a recession, so people were really cutting back on on spending, especially like quote unquote frivolous spending, which of course dry bar actually became so popular, I think, because women weren't getting cuts in color as much, but they would splurge, you know, on a thirty five dollar blowout. So You know, it just—it just the timing was good. I think people really wanted something like this, whether they knew it or not. And which has also been an interesting kind of evolution of our brand is that there's so many women out there like me and you who've gotten blowouts forever and have always known what it is, but we really opened up the market to a subset of women who didn't really even know what a blowout was or didn't think about it and only got their hair really ever styled when they got it cut or colored. So, you know, we opened up and kind of gave permission, I guess you could say Mm -hmm. to, you know, to women everywhere to do this and to, and to feel really good about themselves. And, and you know how you feel when your hair looks really good and it's this amazing confidence that you get. So I think, you know, I think that, Like I said, it was, it was a little bit of an accident, um, you know, and, and I think we very quickly realized that we were really onto something and this was something that we were going to need to, to really expand and move on because there was such demand.
0: Mm, And the the one thing that I, I love when I have just really successful entrepreneurs and CEOs on this show, because the one kind of consistent thing that they always say is that it was kind of something that we just did as kind of like, okay, this interests us. We, we know that there is some need. We're going to kind of test this out, see if it works. And then bam, you know, it kind of right. like this, this thing, this, it took off, it became this national brand by accident. And, um, <laughs> and what I love about that is because it really, to me, actually, um, one of the founders of Bobble Bar said the same thing. And yeah. what I love about that is that it really does show that it's, you know, for anyone that, that is trying to, to grow a business or a brand or an influence for that matter, it's not about being better it's really about being unique and really hitting some really hitting something at the right time in a really unique way and i think that dry bar has done that so beautifully and that's why it has just taken off as much as it has and i think something else that you guys do so beautifully which also attributes to the growth of dry bar is your visual branding for sponsoring the show. Um, Dry Bar is so distinctive. You know, the yellow, the gray, you know, even the little, the blow dryer um, light fixtures that you have. Um, The the mirrored looks. I mean, it it has such a beautiful classic look. So what was kind of the process behind choosing the colors, choosing the quote unquote menu and really playing off that curated bar theme?
1: Well, I think, you know, we got and actually one of like the tips when I was, when I was working on this, um, you know, for entrepreneurs is, is, and what I tell people all the time is find really great partners. And for me, that's my brother, who's the business side of things, my brother, Michael Landau, and my husband, Cameron Webb, who's the creative director. But another really key person that we brought on from the very beginning and gave a little bit of equity because we couldn't really afford him is our architect, Josh Heitler, who has a small boutique firm in New York. And had worked with my brother in kind of a previous life and job. And, you know, we when we were concepting this and my my brother, you know, had the foresight to know, like, we really need this to look really great. And my husband, you know, was had worked in advertising forever. So he really understood design and branding. So he had that piece. And of course, I had the hair piece, which is why we were this as I always say, this like perfect storm. And, and so Josh is, is just incredibly talented. And also, by the way, like the nicest human being, which I've heard horror stories about architects, but the, Josh is just amazing. And, you know, he really helped us Define how we wanted, you know, the, the shops to look and feel. Like I knew I wanted it to be a bar. I wanted it to feel like very clean and very feminine, but not like syrupy. And so that was part of the yellow. This decision for yellow, because as much as I love pink, I, I wanted. I think we all wanted the shop to feel like very happy and sunny and bright and happy. And so that was, that was a lot of the, the reason for yellow and then gray. And and it was such a, it was such a fun experience putting it all together because Cameron, my husband, who I've learned so much about branding, you know, he was, he was really, that was what he was in charge of. And we all kind of, he's so talented and we all kind of followed suit with him on that. And, Josh really understands design. And I mean, the way our shops are set up, like the chairs are spaced just so the stylists are comfortable enough. And there's a lot of things we do to help with acoustics because there's so much like hot air getting blown in there. There's just a lot of little things that, that really make all those things that you just said, what you love about it, you know, those are all very, very thought out. And, and I think that's a huge part of our success. And, and I think that's one of the things that people don't, you know, maybe put enough weight on when they're starting their own business that, you know, you can't do you can't possibly be great at every single thing. You know, I think most people have a, a thing, a skill that they're, they're really great at and, and being able to recognize what you're not great at and, and the help that you might need, I think is, is incredibly important. Oh, I would
0: totally agree, and it and it really it really brings it back also to to the customer experience for me, right? Like, because uh-huh. I feel uh-huh. like as a customer as a, as a as a client of dry bar, I'm gonna know exactly who you are what you do for me and how I can find you by your visual branding. I mean, it's such a distinct yeah. part that I leave with and that throughout the years, it kind of curates this look and feel and language for me to then be able to like spread the good news, you yeah. know? So I I love that. And and speaking on customer experience a little bit more, what are ways that new business owners or entrepreneurs can hone in on creating an amazing experience And and really generate that repeat business for themselves if you have any uh, tips on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's my favorite subject because I, you know, I grew up in a, my parents had their own business. It was a clothing store and they, we, I grew up in South Florida and there is like, as you probably know, there's a lot, a lot of people go there to retire and there's a much older community there. And my parents opened these little old lady clothing stores in all the retirement communities and they, they killed it. You know, they did incredibly well. And I think part of their success, I know part of their success was the fact that they were, um, you know, they really bent over backwards for the, for the clients and, the, and, you know, they were tough, <laughs> but <laughs> but they, you know, they, we, my brother and I grew up watching that. And my dad would bring, you know, orange juice and bagels and the newspaper for like the little old men while their wives shopped So they their, so their wives would shop longer because they were very comfortable and happy waiting. And I mean, I, I just like such a vision that's (laughs) in my brain from so many years of watching that. And, you know, just seeing how my parents just ran around and just made sure clients were really happy. And, you know, the client was always right. And, and I think that mentality really sunk in with me and my brother. And that was something that we felt really strongly, feel very strongly about making sure that that is, that is, is something that our brand possesses and that anybody who works for us feels that way and, and has that, kind of commitment to over the top customer service, because it is, it's, it's it's something that on a personal level just really bothers me how a lot of businesses don't treat their clients really well. And, you know, you don't, you feel like uncomfortable, especially like in salons and that world where you feel like if you don't have the right bag or you're not a celebrity or you're not this or that, that maybe you aren't treated as well. And I, you know, I want, always want a dry bar to feel like, you're really special no matter who you are, what you look like or what you're wearing, <laughs> you know, and that was something that was really important to me. And, and then that has that kind of, even the dry bar has gotten so big that it still has that mom and pop feel and that people really treat you well. And, and to your question, I, I think that that, that kind of behavior and sincere, authentic behavior really brings pe- keeps people coming back and makes them very loyal to you and your brand. And, you know, I mean, we've, we've definitely messed up. We've, we've made people unhappy. We've done done blowouts people don't like it happens, but we, we really bust our ass to like apologize, make it right, get them back in, do whatever we have to do, you know, to, to win them back over and to make it right. And I think that that's something also that a lot of businesses don't put enough, you know, weight and, emphasis on because, you know, they just, they don't necessarily see the value. I don't know, but to, to us, it's, it's incredibly, incredibly important. And I think one of the, one of the biggest pillars of our success.
0: I, I would agree. And, and that, I think just your, your need for that customer experience and really that customer service is what makes them so loyal. Um, and speaking of loyalty, I, One of the things that kind of gets brought up with a lot of my listeners that are growing a brand or some kind of online business or influence is that idea of imitation and kind of copying. And for someone who really changed an industry, I'm sure that you saw a ton of other... Blow out types of places starting to pop up after yeah. dry bar became so successful. So, how have you and your team been able to navigate that idea of being copied or being imitated? And really, how do you how do you not let it kind of, you know get into your in into your space, so to speak?
1: Yeah. well, definitely in the beginning, I I used to like lose a lot of sleep over it, you know, and and I, I felt so like, um, protective and mad, you know, when Mm -hmm. people were were doing that, but I understood it also. So, because I knew that like you know there was so much excitement so much press and you know people people really loved dry bar and the concept and so you know I think we kind of knew in the back of our heads that this was people were gonna copy it and and you know the, I remember the first couple of ones that we saw was like you know a little bit of like you know <laughs> a stab you know but then you know then I we I think the, the good thing about it is that it, it helps keeps you on your keep you on your toes and I think it was like And even now today, I I do pay very close attention to the competition and I watch what's going on, but, you know, I stay very focused on what we do and, and not get too distracted. And listen, I think overall the category has, has grown tremendously, which I really think is good for everybody. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that we did, like you mentioned, which I didn't mean to do in terms of changing an industry was like, we, we did give women everywhere permission to, to feel really good and get a blowout. And, and I do want that for women everywhere. And we can't be everywhere. And we have, we have an 82 locations, which is a lot, but there's still a lot more places that we aren't in. And I think the competition has, has really allowed for women everywhere to take advantage of this and, and feel really good about themselves. So, you know, it's, it's a little bit of, uh, you know, back and forth, you know, where there's definitely times where, it's, it's upset me or people have taken like actual verbiage off our website and that kind of stuff kind of really gets to me. But, but, you know, overall, I think there's kind of enough business out there for, for all of us. So, mm-hmm. so I try not to like, you know, it's been, it, but it's definitely been an evolution and I haven't really answered that question in a long time, <laughs> but it did used to really like keep me up at night. And, but it, I definitely, we've learned how to kind of keep it in stride and, um, you know, and use it to our benefit.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I think that my, my stepdad always says the cream always rises to the top. And so yeah. I always think that, that, you know, no matter what happens, it's like dry bar has always been that constant, you know what I mean? So I, I feel like that that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and it, and it will remain that way. Um, And that was, that was a really good, good feedback. Cause I know that a lot of people have questions on that. Um, Speaking of tips, I know that you have kind of five tips to share with us today, for, for really for people that are kind of starting out and really wanting to grow their own business and entrepreneurial endeavors. I know that you mentioned one about finding really great partners, and I'm sure that we've kind of talked about some other ones, but I would love to kind of dive into what those fives are, what, what those five are, and then kind of a little bit more into detail about each of those. So the first one that you talked about was finding really great partners and the importance of that, and then I'll kind of let you dive in from here.
1: Yeah, I mean that—that's always something that I talk about because I—I I feel like while I get a lot of the glory <laughs> from Drybar being, you know, the face of the brand, um, you know, there's just there's just no way it would be what it is without my brother and my husband, and and now without the you know hundreds of people that we have that are really running the company on a day to day basis and helping us scale it. So you know, certainly in those early days, finding those people that you can really depend on and trust, I think it's just invaluable. Um, and so that's, that's always like when you're starting out, you just have to have those people. And then I think it's, you know, about also really doing your research. And I think that I feel like a little bit more from a branding perspective on that. And I feel like I learned that and watched Cameron, my husband, when we were, when he was first starting to develop the brand, you know, he did look at other hair brands, just more just hair brands, obviously not blow dry bars, but to see what, What everybody else was doing, how you know how how their business worked, and you know, from more of a financial standpoint and business standpoint, we certainly looked around to see like, what is everybody charging for a blowout right now? You know, I think it's, I think there's a, a lot of importance in really understanding your market, your demographic, like who are you catering to, what problem are you solving for, you know, and really understanding all of that, and you know, and also laying out a financial model, does, does this idea that you think is so great really have legs and finance and financially a viable business? So, you know, really understanding and figuring all of that out before you embark on raising money and all the other things that come along with, with starting a new business, that, that is an incredibly important piece that you, I think need to really flush out. Yes.
0: Um, Yeah. So great partners doing your research would be number two, which I totally agree. Um, and what else do you have for us?
1: Um, I think also like networking and building relationships, you know, I, I feel like a huge part of our, I think of our success of the launch of Brentwood when we first opened seven years ago. I mean, I already had this mobile blow dry business. And so I had a lot of built in clients. I mean, not enough to support a successful shop, but enough to to get women talking and whatever. And I think over the years, and I'm sure you would agree with this, like, you know, going to events, meeting more and more women, like you just never know who you're going to meet, you know, what opportunities are going to come from that and, and being open to that you know, that networking and building relationships is, is incredibly important. I mean, there've been so many people who've helped us along the way and, you know, or, you know, we were having problems in an area. It's just like, it's so great to, to know as many people as you can and have as many people as you can kind of on your side and rooting for you and willing to help you when you're in a pinch, you know? Mm, so yeah. that's a, that's a big one for me.
0: Yeah. Networking. And speaking of networking, one of the ways, I guess, in this new age of networking that, um, that I see Drybar do is, is working with influencers or, you know, really kind of working alongside influencers. And, um, what are ways in which, yeah. you know, or I guess how important are influencers to the, the growth and the awareness of Drybar, especially in that social media and online space?
1: Yeah. It's such, it's so interesting to me how that's, that world has really evolved. And when we first started seven years ago, it wasn't nearly as, as built up as it is now. And it was, I feel like a lot of, um, you know, the magazines and press, well, that's, back when there was more magazines, (laughs) but you know, so much of the press, um, you know, want to know which celebrities were coming into our shop, which we have them all. And that was definitely, you know, a thing, but, but over the, over the last couple of years, and and by the way, when we first started, Instagram didn't exist. They're one year younger than us. So they, um, they, uh, they actually started a year after we started. And I remember when we started using Instagram and, and Instagram became this, this basically, this place where you could, uh, you know, take selfies and post to your friends and everyone got really excited about showing off their hair, you know, and that was like how it all started. And that, that, uh, word of mouth and what that led to, I mean, it was just incredible. You know, It's like, I think, I think our, our clients have always been our best kind of form of advertisement. And with, with the growth of of, of Instagram and social media and, and blogs and all these things that you know, people have access to, and they, you know, have these huge followings and people want to know, like, where do they get their hair done? What products do they like? And all of that stuff. It really, it's, it's amazing how, how important that is to our business and how influential it truly is, you know, to other, other people who are, who are paying attention to what these bloggers influencers are doing. So, you know, we put a lot of, we put a lot of time and energy into, into finding those people. We have a lot of like, you know, quote unquote brand ambassadors and, you know, uh, bloggers and influencers that we work with that really help us spread the word in a very organic way, you know, cause they, they genuinely like the brand and love getting their hair done. And so, you know, it works, it works incredibly well.
0: And then what are ways in which influencers, um, if they're wanting to kind of build that authentic connection and relationship with dry bar, what are some ways in which they can do that?
1: Well, you know, we have a lot of, um, we've a lot, we work with a lot of different bloggers who, um, sorry, my, there's a bit of a, like a scare culture in my office and my husband just scared somebody. That's amazing. So I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we work with, um, you know, bloggers influence it, a lot of influencers in a lot of different ways, whether it's like we have events, um, where they can come to and try out our new products or come in and get a blowout and, and then post about it. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of different ways and that we, we, we can work with different bloggers, we do contests and giveaways all the time. So, you know, there's, there's a slew of different ways. And we always, you know, we get a lot of people who contact us, you know, the, through Instagram, because they're such a big fan. And then there's some people that we just, we notice that they're already posting or going to dry bar. So we reach out to them. So there's a lot of different ways it can work, but we always, you know, we always are open and want to, you know, work with more and more influencers and bloggers because it's, it's, it's kind of the wave of the future.
0: It is. Um, and if there's an influencer listening today who <laughs> wants to be on board, but dry bar isn't in their city yet, is there a way that they can, they can kind of ask you about that or, or get involved or how does that kind of work when you guys are kind totally. of choosing your next location?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's, like I said, if you reach us out to us on Instagram and you're like a dry bar fan and you know, there's a lot of things we can do with product. If there's not a dry bar near you. So that definitely can work. And, and, and yeah, I mean, there's definitely been times where we are going into a a new city, a new market to us, and we need the help of influencers to help us spread the word. So we'll, you know, we'll find them either ourselves or organically or through our PR firm or whatever it is. And, you know, and, and ask them to help us spread the word and let people know.
0: I love that. Um, all good tips. Um, when it comes to prioritizing time and really to help with the overall productivity of a business. How has that worked for you and what have you learned that's been beneficial in in terms of prioritizing and what have you maybe done and just been like, "Okay, that is not conducive to my productivity whatsoever."
1: Well, I think it's a constant juggling act, you know. I think that I'm, I'm I think that I'm always trying to Place the emphasis and figure out what it is that really needs the most attention, and I think that's kind of the key or the trick is to not. I think if you try, if you're trying to do too many things at once, which is also, by the way, like our business model, like we do one thing and we're really good at it. You know, I think it. I think that does transcend into productivity in your work life, and you know, trying to you know whether it's talking to your boss about it or if you're your own boss figuring it out like what is what are truly the most important things that are going to make the biggest difference in your business in your world and whatever it is that you're doing versus like we spending your time and energy on things that don't have as big of a return or aren't going to, you know, move things forward or move the needle. So I think that's something that I, 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 you know, I, I grapple with, and I'm sure most people do that, you know, trying to kind of hone in on, on those particular things that are going to really make the biggest difference in the long haul. Mm. Um,
0: and with that, I want to talk a little bit about balance. Um, so you are a mom to two, um, as the business evolves, how does your role evolve with it? Um, and, and meaning kind of like more of the day to day and just kind of the the growth of that, um, how do you tend to balance that all between personal and professional and what are takeaways that you could recommend in terms of others balancing as they're growing their business?
1: It's hard. (laughs) I mean, I don't, it's so hard and I think it has taken me a lot of years And I think it's I think it will be an ongoing thing forever because it's, you know, going for me from from starting this and being involved in every single decision and going from that to, like I said before, we have you know, we have a pretty robust uh, corporate office where. I shouldn't say corporate. It's not very corporate, but (laughs) Um, we have this very robust support center where we have, you know, we have a head of retail, we have a head of product, we, you know, have a head of HR and then all these other people under them. So there's so many other people now making decisions and, you know, doing things that, you know, once upon a time I did. And so I think giving up a little bit of that control is certainly something that was, that's always like been a challenge that I've had to like kind of get com- more and more comfortable with. But on the flip side, you know, you hire people that you really trust and that you believe can do the job and you have to kind of let them go and you have to let them make mistakes. And so I think for me, it's it finding that balance of, of that push and pull, I guess, of, of, you know, what I'm, what I have my hands in and, and what I don't and being able to, you know, really would do what's best for the business, which is like the, I can't do it all and my brother can't do it all. You know, we, we had to concede some of that control to, to allow the business to really flourish and grow because I mean, we're, we have over 3000 employees, like it's a really big business now. And, and you know, that we're entrepreneurs and we're not, we've never run a business of this size. So you have, again, that goes back to kind of bringing on good people and recognizing what you're good at and what you're not. And, you know, and I think for finding that balance, finding those people, it's all, it, it all it makes a really big difference I think to the overall success and being able to, to, to step aside a little bit and let somebody who knows you know what how to scale a business really really help you and we brought in a professional CEO a couple of years ago which I was actually pretty against that decision because my brother was the CEO um, but this guy John Hefner who worked in the beauty business forever and it turned out to be one of the best decisions we ever made and so you know being, being open to, to, to really allowing your company to grow is, is a big one for me.
0: Would you say that that would be like your number one takeaway or kind of best advice that you could give entrepreneurs as they're growing is to really kind of understand their strengths and then when they are able to really invest in the business and the growth in that, that that getting the right team players on board?
1: A hundred percent. You can't do it alone. Nobody can, you know, and I think when you have, when you have a strong team and a team that you know, really loves what they're doing. I think it's, it just makes all the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that that's such a great, a great reminder for a lot of you know, creative business owners, solopreneurs, bloggers out there, because it 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 is always it always kind of feels like and, and appears to be such a one woman show or yeah. one man show um, that really what I've kind of noticed is that the ones that are really around long term and really do grow are the ones who you know do understand the importance of, of investing back in their themselves and investing in their business. And if you really want it to be a business, you can't right. do. I, I don't know any thriving business that is is run by one person with no staff you know I don't I don't Um, yeah okay well so looking onward to 2018 what is next for dry bar is it locations is it new products is it both what can we be excited to to look forward to
1: it definitely is both. Um, you know, the product business has has grown tremendously and has been kind of another surprise, I guess you could say. And if you know my brother were sitting here right now, he would tell you he didn't think his little sister could develop a product line. <laughs> so it's been very gratifying for the the product to be as, as well received as it has. I mean, we're in Sephora, Ulta, Nordstrom, Bloomingdale's. We have almost, I think, we have over two thousand points of distribution now with all of our products. So that's become a, a pretty significant part of the overall business and that's continuing to grow. I mean, as you know, there's a million different hair types out there and a million different things that we can do. So we're always not, and that's a really big area and focus of mine is developing product, which I, I really love. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of a one area. And then we are opening more stores. I think we'll be close to a hundred by the end of this year. So that's, you know, and we're, we're, our product is going international. We are looking at international growth for the, the shops as well. So, a lot, a lot happening. Yes. And you, you just opened a new
0: location near me. Um, it's, it's, I think technically Burbank, but it's the Toluca Lake Burbank area. Yes. Um, which yes. is, I mean, my husband's like, great. <laughs> 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 I know where you're going to be when you say you have to go to the grocery store, you're going to be <laughs> a driver. Um, but the one thing that I've really, now that I have, you know, an easy excuse to go around the corner, um, I'm really diving into your products and I have to say, and I'm not, I'm not just saying it cause I'm talking. To you right now, but your dry shampoo is my new favorite dry shampoo. Oh,
1: it is awesome! It's a good one, it is such a good one. It's it one, is it's our, and, one of our best-selling products. Yes,
0: and it, I, what I love about it is that a little bit goes a long way. It's not like this yeah. dry shampoo that you have to just you have to put like half the bottle in your hair for it right. to really absorb. Like it's a quick. It smells so good. I absolutely love it. And um oh, and the new you. the new uh, shampoo and conditioner the
1: clarifying that's black is awesome as well. Charcoal. Too. Yes. Yes. That just launched. We're so excited about that. Yeah. I love it. Uh, is, yeah, I love that stuff. <laughs> yeah,
0: really, really good products. Um, are there any new locations coming up that you can share where they're going to be, or do we kind of have to
1: wait for um, that? You know, there's, we are, I mean, I don't, I don't have official dates or anything, but we are opening in, I believe, Honolulu, which is a really fun <laughs> cool location. Um, and then there's some other like cities that we're expanding on, and there are some new ones, um, but they're not coming to me at the moment. Yes. Um,
0: Uh, so maybe you'll have to go to Hawaii for work.
1: I know. (laughs) Um,
0: well, before we wrap this up, I'm going to ask you a question that I ask every person that comes on the show. Um, and that is, what does influence mean to you?
1: That's a good question. You know, I think it probably, I would say means that you know, how, how someone or something makes you feel. Um, for me, I, 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 think that I'm, I think that I, you know, I follow and pay attention to a lot of, uh, you know, different people on Instagram and bloggers and whatever. And I, I feel like I 99% of what I shop is from Instagram now because I swipe up and shop, you know, what yep. people are wearing. So I think I'm, I, I'm very influenced by influencers. And I think that there's, you know, it's, it's a really fun, interesting time, you know, to be able to not, not only as an influencer, but like as a founder, be able to, you know, speak to so many people and, and be able to influence people and things, you know, whether it's about their hair or their clothes or life advice, you know, I think there's, I think it's a really important word, I guess you could say. Yes. Well
0: Ali where can everyone find you follow you follow drybar find more information on drybar and the new locations and products that have launched and are launching soon
1: well, there's, there, of course, there's our website, thedrybar.com. Um, on Instagram, we're at thedrybar. I'm at Ali Webb. And we have an app as well that makes booking a blowout like super, super easy. You can do it in like 15 seconds. You probably have yes, that. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's and, you know, and we're working more on being able to shop from the app as well. So. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different ways to find us. Or if you're just, you know, in the in the mall and you pass a Sephora, we'll we'll be in there too. Or Ulta, so That's amazing. A lot of places to find us.
0: Well you are you're such an inspiration just to see oh, what you. one idea has now transferred to and the fact that you're able to take your own business and brand and collaborate with other massive businesses like Sephora and Ulta. Um, yeah. is just amazing. So I I thank you for your creativity and for your knowledge and for your determination to do something so awesome that so many of us women just love to revel in. So thank you so much for that. And if you, yes, of course. Um, and if you are listening today and you want to dive a little bit deeper into this conversation that I just had with Allie, um, really, uh, take away some of those great tips that she, um, that she gave us throughout this conversation. You can find all of that as always in our show notes, and that is going to be over on the influencerpodcast.com. We will also have links to Drybar and the app and their socials and where you can find all of that good stuff. So thank you so much again, Allie. And I really look forward to seeing the new products that are coming out very soon.
1: Thank you so much. And I can't wait to meet you soon.